Hey, we've got a great podcast we want to get right to. We had Carter Page on today. We had the state senator from Pennsylvania that that held the big conference last Saturday with Rudy Giuliani. We also t- we also talked to a guy who is Bitcoin rich beyond belief, Patrick Byrne, who is self-funding an investigation that has been going on since August. I have a feeling this this is where uh, some of Sidney Powell's information may be coming from. He gave us some exclusive information on the voting machines uh, and and was this a fraudulent vote? He's very strong in his opinion. Also, Daniel Horowitz and so much more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. talk to the former Trump campaign aide Carter Page. Friday, he filed a $75 million lawsuit against the FBI and several former high-ranking federal law enforcement officials, including James Comey, uh, Andrew McCabe, alleging his civil rights were violated in connection with the unlawful surveillance and investigation of him by the United States government. He was one of the first four people in the that the bureau identified as possible suspects during the opening days of the you know Russia investigation. Of the three, Michael Flynn, Paul Manafort, George Papadopoulos were all convicted of federal cl- crimes, even though Flynn has now been pardoned. This suit matters because the DOJ's inspector general found the errors, and they weren't errors; they were out and out lies. Uh, in the applications to acquire wiretap uh, for Page using FISA, the Surveillance Act. If they can do it to the president and Carter Page to get to the president, what won't they do to you? The, The Patriot Act was put in for very specific reasons, and I don't think they're the reasons that any of us thought they would be used for welcome to the program carter page how are you i'm doing great glenn how have you been uh, i'm good i'm good i i wish we were going to see uh, you know an end to this um you know are, are do you think we're going to see any repercussions from any of this carter well i have a very clear-cut case glenn so my hope is that this will be an important step forward uh Really, the problem that resulted in the huge violations of law, you know, that targeted the Trump campaign via myself um, during, four, you know, this, the last election four years ago, have now just, you know, it's, it's another subset of a larger problem, you know, particularly after this month's most recent uh, election. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of Americans, similar to the battles I've been fighting for over four years now, um, you know, People are uh, feel like they are, are in some ways uh, powerless. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, we really need to fight back for the integrity of our elections. And this was all about a election interference campaign by some very dis, dishonest people. You know, you if you look back where we were even four years ago, when we thought the Democrats were using FISA and they would... Uh, you know, they were looking into Russian connections, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, very few people believed that what we found out in the last year or the last four years 
could actually happen in America. Uh, and, and, and people would not go to jail for it. No one would pay the price and the media would cover up. Look at where we are now. And I think that's, I think that's why, you know, your book, Abuse in Power, is uh, important. Because I don't think people understand what happened here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and unfortunately, I mean, there's a, there's a very fundamental problem, Glenn. And that is, and this is, you know, this is exactly what Chairman Lindsey Graham, what Congressman Devin Nunes, so many leaders in Congress have been trying to address. And that's a lack of transparency. We don't have the accurate information. We don't have the full story. And that is exactly the way that these criminal uh, attacks happened against me uh, in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. I mean, that is a top secret court. And the warrants that were disclosed uh, were the first time ever that such warrants were ever um, uncovered in the history, the 40-year-plus history of this court. So, I mean, when you have this culture of, you know, behind behind closed doors and, you know, behind the shroud of secrecy, it just creates the potential for a lot of problems. And I, was, I think it's similar to what we're dealing with right now. I was talking to the audience uh, yesterday, and I said, I, I, we do need a great reset, just not the one that the left is talking about. We, we need to clean out our CIA, our intelligence, possibly DOJ, uh, and, uh, and our state department, because there's something wrong here. And if you just take five seconds to take off your team Jersey, you see that something's wrong and it's very dangerous. Is there a way to get out of this now at this point? Well, I think it's exactly as president Trump has talked about. I mean, people need to demand the truth and despite these costs, Despite the inconvenience, I mean, there are two choices. You can either just roll over and go along with it, which is exceptionally disastrous and problematic for everyone and for our country, or you can take proactive steps to, you know, demand the truth and demand that the right things are done. And I mean, it's exactly as we're seeing across the country with several of the ongoing battles in, in this most recent election interference campaign. You, you were, um, uh, you know, you, you graduated from the Navy Academy. You were, uh, had a scholarship there. Um, you've done really well. You've worked for the government. Um, I think you even worked a bit for the CIA, right? Not only the CIA, but also the FBI. Okay. And again, this is part of the lies, and this is part of where, you know, if you have these false court filings submitted in Washington, D.C. by government bureaucrats and their political allies in the Democrat Party, things can go really off the rail huh, so very quickly. You and just, as, as again, we're seeing now. You, you just said a minute ago that. You know, you kind of just roll over. If we roll over, it gets really bad. At what point did you realize, oh, my gosh, this these are not the people I know or I thought they were. This is the FBI and the CIA and and the, the judicial system. This is I, I was wrong. Yeah, well, look, it's unfortunately, it's been a step by step process. 
we learn more and more. And I, I remember when you and I were talking earlier this year uh, in that in-depth interview about the uh, right after the FISA abuse yeah. report came out, you know, Mr. Horowitz at DOJ, uh, he comes out with this 400-plus page report last December, and we kept learning more and more. And the last several years before that, crime after crime was unveiled. You know, particularly uh, a big shout out goes out to Chairman uh, Lindsey Graham and Chairman Chuck Grassley in the Senate Judiciary Committee, mm -hmm. who put together the you know one of the first documents that really dug into this, as well as. Uh, then-Chairman Devin Nunes of the House Intelligence Committee. And this is going back, you know, with the Nunes memo and the Grassley-Graham memo. That is over two and a half years ago already. And still nothing right? has happened. They haven't changed well, anything with FISA. Nothing has changed. There are, and, and this is the difference between President Trump and some of the Washington uh, establishment, right? He has done a lot to be proactive and address the problems in our country, whereas there is this tendency in Washington going back for many, many decades, if not more, to just, you know, go with the flow right. and look out for the, uh, the, you know, the chosen few and uh, the, the ones who are kind of politically protected in the Washington establishment beltway bandit class. What do you think of Barr? Do you think we're going to see any report coming out before the end of the year? Well, I'm hopeful. Look, I mean, the bottom line for my case, uh, which was just filed uh, late last week, is it's a very clear-cut case, right? I mean, this is crimes have clearly been committed, you know, and there is uh, definitively a number of people who um, who got involved in this uh, collaboration, Um and so, I, I mean, you know, vis-a-vis -vis my particular case, I, I think I'm, I'm in great shape to the extent, again, you know, similar to the step-by-step -step process we're talking about, to the extent we do get more transparency and more information, I think it's only a win-win uh, a situation for, um, for all Americans. And, you know, I, I think people have been calling for this. I, I can't tell you, the, the question you just asked me, I'm, I'm, I've constantly been asked, going back many, many months, if not years. And unfortunately, the wait continues as of now. So we'll see. Last question I have to ask. Um, $75 million. Why not a lot more? <laughs> Sincerely. I'm not a well, suing guy and I hate these things, but if the federal government has anything to do with it, that, that's, a, that's a rounding error. Well, look, Glenn, I mean, this I, I am up against literally some of the most powerful legal forces oh, I know. I know. in the world, right? So, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm lucky that I have a team of, uh, you know, attorneys who are, who are doing everything they can. I'm, I'm very fortunate that Lynn Wood and the Fight Back Foundation has, has been helping in terms of providing some of the capital. But the, these are long, ongoing battles, and I'm up... Uh, you know, I, I've got the help of uh, Lynn at, at, at Fight Back Foundation and, you know, our, our small team of attorneys. But we're, again, we're up against literally dozens of 
uh, bad, you know, actors within DOJ and their their former employees who were at the center of all this. So, I, I, I mean, to the extent to the extent people can help uh, fight back dot law, there's you know any any small amount would be uh, would be appreciated. But you know, it's it's a long ongoing battle, so you have to you have to sort of you I know. know pick your battle. So we'll I, see. It says you know the the complaint says. 75, um, you know, no less than 75 million. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And I, I think if people do the right thing, then, uh, you know, justice will eventually be served. And I can tell you anything that I do get, I will give back tenfold in terms of, you know, future, future philanthropy to help fix these problems, which have plagued our country for uh, at least four years, and, and in reality, longer than many years longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot longer than that. Carter Page, thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. You we'll follow the case. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So when you hear a bunch of state senators put together some hearing in a a hotel, who was that all about? It kind of cheapens uh, who this in particular state senator is, who is in charge of this meeting. His name is Doug Mastriano. He is, listen to this, I don't ever read resumes on the air, but this one needs to be heard. Combat veteran, son of a career U.S. Navy man. He was an Eagle Scout, worked as a paperboy, janitor, security guard, short order cook, pizza delivery person, and dishwasher. Oh, so he's not very smart. He didn't amount to anything. Well, he was commissioned in the U.S. Army in 1986. He served on the Iron Curtain with the 2nd Armory Cavalry Regiment in West Germany. He then served along the East German and Czechoslovakian borders, where he witnessed the end of the Cold War, then deployed to Iraq for Operation Desert Storm to liberate uh, Kuwait. His regiment led the attack against Saddam's elite Republican Guard forces. Then he went on to serve in Washington, D.C. for the 3rd Infantry Division. Uh, After 9-11, he was the lead planner for the operation to invade Iraq via Turkey. He served four years with NATO deployed three times to Afghanistan. He is also he was the director of NATO's Joint Intelligence Center in Afghanistan, leading 80 people from 18 nations. He also on his own uh, has led seven relief operations to help Afghan orphans. He completed his career as a professor of the U.S. Army War College in Pennsylvania. He taught strategic studies at a master's degree level. Uh, he also is a doctor of history, Ph.D., and he has four master's degrees. Not exactly a slouch. In 2019, he was elected to serve as the senator for Pennsylvania's 33rd district, uh, which includes all of Adams County, most of Franklin County and parts of Cumberland and York counties. Welcome to the program, sir, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Glenn. I'm enjoying you. I'm one of our local affiliates here in Chambersburg, News Talk 1037, and my office is right above it conveniently. Oh. So it's an honor to be on your show. Well, thank you very much. So, Doug, let me let me start with, before we get into the ins and outs of of all of this, why are these hearings being held in hotels? There was a hearing yesterday in uh, in Arizona. Are these sworn in? Are they not official hearings? What? Why are they being held instead of in the state capitol? 
So we're trying to find a venue large enough, obviously, with all the COVID restrictions from our illustrious Governor Tom Wolf. And this venue obviously is large enough to accommodate a fair amount of people. We want the hearings to be public. And if we do it in the Capitol, the hearing room, sadly, are too small to accommodate a good amount of the public. I want the public in the room. We, we wanted at least 100 people to eyewitness this, and we invited all the media. And it's funny because this was an earth-shaking, earth-changing, historic-changing moment in Gettysburg once again, and they tried to ignore it, but they couldn't because, as John Adams said, facts are stubborn things, and we found a lot of facts here that are very troubling. So tell me some of the facts that you found that, that um, we may not know because there's – there, there is so much disinformation, so much bad information, uh, and you, we, who do we go to to be able to decide what's true and what's not? Tell us what you know to be true. So the nexus of this was last week, Glenn. Um, you know, like everyone else in America, I'm trying to figure out what happened on Election Day, and we're hearing all this naysaying, and we're hearing from the mainstream media, hey, just, just move on. But I remember back in 2000, as you mentioned, you know, Bush v. Gore, you know, hey, there's a process. Be patient. Well, okay, we want to have the process also. And just out of frustration, literally, no exaggeration, I know hyperbole, tens of thousands of Pennsylvanians are reaching out to me and my colleagues about fraud, abuse, being excluded from polling, being pushed out from observing. And I'm like, I'm a senator. We're a co-equal member of this government. We have responsibility to the people for transparency. So... I called together this hearing, and I wanted eyewitnesses, and by God, we got eyewitnesses here. He spoke about, as you saw with, with of course, a data an, uh, analyst, you know, 337 uh, ballots being counted at one spike, and then in total, almost 600,000 ballots, uh, almost all for Biden in the end, in one particular day with only 3,200 for Trump. You know, mathematically, that's almost impossible. And then, of course, we had firsthand uh, testimony from uh, Leah Hopes and others who tried to do their constitutional responsibility and what is right by the law to watch poll workers, uh, to you know, watch this, the collection of ballots and the submissions of ballots, and were forced out. Uh, one guy was, was almost attacked by several members in Philadelphia. It seems like most of the bad things sadly happened in Philadelphia. We, we see uh, bags and bags of ballots showing up with, without any good chain of custody, and all this smells very rotten and something's gone wrong. So is there any way to to tackle this and change this? I mean, you don't have a friendly Supreme Court. They've been very unfriendly, even in the lead up. Um, is there any is there any way to find out the truth on this? Is there any is there any force out there besides a group of, you know, ragtag soldiers like you that are trying to fix this and really want to? true answers, no matter where the chips fall. Yeah, and that's just the thing, Glenn. You know, any, any American, and for me, this is a bit of an alien concept here. When, when so many people in America view things through partisan eyes, you know, people like you and I try to look at things as through American eyes. What's best for the Constitution and the United States? We might not like certain outcomes, but, you know, if, if Biden won fair and square, so be it. And that's the big question here. And so our challenge is, you know, what does the Pennsylvania legislator do? And we have a lot of issues, obviously, because our governor, Tom Wolf has declared that there's all but no cheating in Pennsylvania because he's happy with the outcome as it stands, and he doesn't want to do an audit or an investigation. And his Secretary of State, of whom I've called for her resignation, uh, Kathleen Bookvar, 
she as well agrees with, with her governor that, that there is nothing to see here. And to make matters worse, you think our attorney general, as the senior law enforcement officer of her state, would care. Because if, if there's one viable claim of, of uh, disenfranchisement, cheating, fraud, you, you, if Republican or Democrat, you'd imagine they'd want, want to investigate that. Nope. In fact, he declared Biden the winner before one vote was counted. So the legislator, it's time for us to rise up and to exercise our constitutional powers you know, under Article 212. I know there's been a lot of talk about it on your show, but the ebb and flow of this, sadly, our General Assembly has delegated that power to the very same people now who seem bent not to look into any of these accusations of fraud. In 1878 and 1938, they've delegated the power to the Secretary of State. So we have to figure out a way to get that power back under the federal constitution. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen by, you know, January. Yeah, time is against us. And that's the problem. The Democrats, they're very loyal. They stick together and they know how to run out the clock. You know, we we try to abide by the rules and all that. I feel like we're the redcoats sometimes, you know, in 1776. Yeah, we're still going to march in lines. Yes. Yeah. Um, Can you tell me why Dominion backed out of the hearing? Um, I guess they lawyered up and then backed out. Why? Yeah, can you imagine this? So my colleagues in the House led the way in this investigation. They wanted to ask Dominion questions because I think it's about 14 counties, over 67 in Pennsylvania actually use Dominion voting machines. And they want to find out just the details. Hey, is, is there, are they susceptible to fraud and, and, and can they be reprogrammed and all that? As we know, they can be. And uh, yeah, the morning of the hearing, they bailed out. They refused to answer questions from a customer on how safe and secure the machines were. Can you believe that? I mean, what, what do you got to hide? You would, again, like you said, transparency is all people want. I will abide by the voice of the people. I will. I I just want to know it's the voice of the people. I want to know. I want to make sure that it is, you know, here in Texas, our voting machines, we fill them out on a computer, then it spits out paper. You're supposed to double check it. Then you put it in to the vote counter. You see it go in. It spits out a ticket that says on the machine and on your ticket who you're who you voted for in all of the details. So you can walk out with it. I don't know why we don't have those voting machines all over the country. I mean, and that's what we need in Pennsylvania and elsewhere here. You know, for far too long, shenanigans and cheating and fraud has happened and people look the other way. But uh, I want to mention some obscure case in 1994. There was a state Senate race here in Pennsylvania in Philly, of all places. And, of course, uh, the Democrats could easily win that seat. And, and the majority for the Senate was in, at, at risk in the balance. And so the Democrats couldn't help themselves. And, and, and they rigged the election, cheated with so much fraud that their guy Stinson won. And he was sworn in. Uh, the Republican, who lost overwhelmingly, did a lawsuit and demonstrated without any, without any doubt that there was extensive sy- systematic fraud and abuse and cheating, that the district judge threw out the results, took the Democrat senator out of the office, and put the Republican who lost in because the results were so corrupted. That was upheld by the Third Circuit. So right now, where we are in this whole process here in Pennsylvania, it's really up to the Trump team to demonstrate with, with such strength and with, with so much information that, that likewise, in 2020, the presidential elections in, in Philadelphia were so corrupted that the results need to be reconsidered. <laughs> Corruption in Philadelphia. I mean, <laughs> who would have thunk it? Um, do you feel comfortable? Have you spent time with the Trump team? Do you feel comfortable? They, they've been saying they've got all this evidence, but then uh, we don't see anything being filed or anything actually being argued in court on this. Do you feel comfortable that they have it? 
they do have this. They do have the uh, witnesses. They, uh, when they were in Gettysburg on Wednesday, Glenn, the Trump team threw 250 affidavits, like 500 pages of information in front of me. Obviously, I didn't have time to go through it all. But if, if that is presented to the U.S. Supreme Court, I do believe it is very compelling. And, and maybe, maybe there'll be a similar outcome to 1994. You know, the irony, Glenn, is, is not lost on me here. You know, where it all happened, you know, and we know we're a republic, so I forgive people who say we're a democracy. But there was a guy in Philadelphia that had a sign a couple weeks ago, democracy dies in Philadelphia. And the irony of that's not lost on me where it all began in 1776. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doug, thank you very much. I really, I really appreciate everything that you have done. You've tested positive for COVID. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm the feeling fantastic. If, if I could part on a final thought here, yeah. and, I, and I, I know you've spoken about this here, but in 1775, George Washington commissioned really what was our first flag. And it's a white background with a Douglas fir tree and it appealed to heaven. So I'm asking people to appeal to God to intervene on behalf of our country that the truth will prevail. Senator, thank you very much. Thank God you, bless. Sir. Bye-bye. Senator uh, Mastriano from uh, Pennsylvania. I liked him. I don't know why I didn't expect to like him, but I liked him. Well, because he's a politician. That's why you expected <laughs> that, not okay, to like okay. him. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it. Okay. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Eric Clapton. Eric Ooh. Clapton is now being shunned, along with Van Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they announced that they're going to do a anti-lockdown song released in early December, uh, and it uh, didn't sit well with all of the powers to be in all over the world. Um, they are currently working hard to discredit Eric Clapton. <laughs> I don't know how you discredit a guy who I like. Didn't he do heroin for a long time? I think he's beyond caring what you think about him. He's done heroin. He's off it now. I think he got that monkey off his back. He's going to put you on his back. No, no, I don't think so. He's not going to care. Can't imagine he cares. Uh, uh, Van Morrison uh, has already done several protest songs. And where is he from? Is he from Scotland or Ireland? Our Scottish listeners right now are going, it is not Ireland. These are totally. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, he he's already written three. He's from Ireland. Mm -hmm. Uh, Born to be free. uh, As I walked out and no more lockdown are the three that he has done. And the UK government has come down hard and said his songs are dangerous. Really, Elvis, are they? The songs are dangerous. How is the song dangerous, but Cardi B, none of her stuff is dangerous. No, no it doesn't affect anyone. But this new Eric Clapton, Van Morrison song, dangerous. Uh, where did, dangerous. What did Alan Tipper Gore feel about this? Uh, yeah, well, they were still looking to ban, okay. still looking to censor and uh, ban. Mm-hmm. By the way, Cardi B, I don't want to just throw her out here uh, without telling you that she has apologized now. Uh, because she on Instagram uh, posted some videos of people uh, okay, dancing careful. and eating. Okay, uh, I guess you could call it dancing. Uh, it's, and she just posted Thanksgiving 2020. She confirmed later on Twitter that she had 12 kids and 25 adults over <laughs> for the holidays. Uh, and quote, it was lit. She's rich, though, and she's famous. She's allowed to break these rules. It's not about them. It's about us. Us little peons are not allowed to have those gatherings. But you know what? Gavin Newsom can. Andrew Cuomo was what? planning to bring up his, his, his mom 
who's very elderly, to have a Thanksgiving dinner until he got called out on it. He was so sure no one was going to say anything that he just like blurted it out. Well, what about the L.A. County supervisor who uh, who who voted to uh, shut down all outdoor dining for all thirty one thousand restaurants Mm -hmm. in L.A. County? Okay, Okay. Mm -hmm. shut down two hours later, went out to a restaurant and ate. At an outdoor restaurant uh, in Los Angeles. Shocking. Yeah, it is. It's mm. pretty it's pretty shocking. Na, 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 na.